We are joined by the president and CEO of the Diamondbacks, Derek Hall, here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Good morning, Derek. How are you? Hey guys, I'm doing okay. You know, I, I agree with the picks of New Orleans <laughs> and Green Bay, but uh, after my gut feel on Davis the Mills last week, you yeah. guys are in trouble. Yeah, that was a big, that was a big whiff on your behalf there, oh, Derek. Hey, I, yeah, I wasn't alone in that one, but man, he was bad. No, I know. He, no, was. <laughs> he was the best rookie starting quarterback yeah, all last good. week, though. Which good, it's, good it's, a, it's a low good, bar. It's a low good bar. Point. He was like the rest of them. You're right, uh, Derek. The 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 Tory hole, uh, Tory. Uh, Lavello situation is is wrapped up. He gets the extension with an option year for for twenty twenty three, uh, and we talked to Mike Hazen about it. You know the, the the timing of it being what it was, um, and you know I think we're both glad that Tory's back in the fold to to take on this challenge moving forward. But was there ever a, a feeling that that would not be the result uh, during the course of this season? No, Vince, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, I think if uh, if we were going to make a move, it could have been at any point during the season and, and a lot earlier. I mean, it never got better, you know, after April, obviously. And But as we said all along, we couldn't put the blame on him. And I think most people, with the reaction we've gotten from, from fans, from everybody internally, I mean, everyone internally that knows him, the reaction we've gotten is much like what you just said. You know, I think we're, we're glad he's back. And we feel the same way. We have a lot of faith, a lot of confidence in Tory. He just didn't have all, all the weapons this year, but also – you know, because of the situation we were in, that that roster changed dramatically throughout the season. This was a roster that started with you know Eduardo Escobar and Tim LaCastro and and Estrubo Cabrera and and Stephen Vogt and ended up having uh, you know at some point Josh Reddick join and Soria, etc. So it changed a lot for him, and he juggled a lot of moving parts. And I, I think he tried to keep it together and a lot of one-run games, a lot that we can point to that we could say is positive overall terrible season for for everybody including him but it's not his fault uh, alone and I think that would be inappropriate to say it was yeah I agree with all of that and I think a lot of smart baseball fans realize this was not a managerial thing this was a talent level thing but there are fans who who rightfully are conditioned to look at the set of circumstances and they see what they see as a lame duck manager generally that's that's a platform where prove it go give us a winning season we'll give you a contract this might be the worst season we've ever had in and yet he gets a contract. How do you market to the? How do you w- regain the trust of the fans who think you guys are condoning terrible baseball? Yeah, that and that's really well said, Vic. And and we are not condoning condoning bad baseball. Um, and again, I, I think it goes back to where do you place the blame? And it's on the entire organization to to right the ship. So I think the marketing to the fans is being transparent and honest and say this was a horrible season. We've talked about the reset, the refresh. We've seen really good signs with some some young players who are here. We have to reprioritize the importance and and reestablish the importance uh, of of veterans and search for those veterans who can now be a balance to the roster that we create for next year that can bring impact and help teach a lot of these young players. Uh, but we've seen some really good signs, even, you know, of like a, a Perdomo of late. There's great young talent ready to perform at this level, and that's really the message to the fans is let, let's get behind this team, let's be excited about it, and let's fix the, the, the problems that we've had. You know, let's fix the bullpen, let's, let's fix the rotation. It's not far off for any team, and we've seen that. You can turn it around quickly, and there have been a lot of seasons where we thought we were going to be you know, awful going into it, and it, the, the, I think it's, it's a quick turnaround for us like it has been for so many teams. Um, you know, we had a great April, and then it just stopped, right? I mean, the last time we were, we were good and feeling good about ourselves was when we left Atlanta after a, a seven-inning no hit, seven no-hitter, and after that, the wheels fell off, and it never got better. And you want to play games that are meaningful. We talked about this last week. 
we have not had a meaningful game since April. That's awful, you know, for fans. So the fact that they've still been coming out here, and I hope they do this weekend because uh, if they haven't been to the ballpark, come on out. We've got three games left, and it's against the Rockies with, you know, great specials for, for fan appreciation. But, I could, you know, God bless them for coming out here and still supporting the game of baseball because they haven't had any reason to cheer for the team. Uh, I'm going to ask you what I asked Mike Hazen a couple days ago. When you look at what has happened in the National League West, you, you see a Padres team that put a lot of investments into the product, and it has not paid off at all. And then you look at a team like the Giants who have put together this incredible season and have been able to sustain it all the way through. What lessons do you take from the National League West going forward? Ah, a little bit of everything. That, that's, a, that's a great point. I mean, we've all said it doesn't always work out when you put all your chips in the middle of the table, and we've all done it. We've done it as well. Um, you know, we've also recommitted, as you know, to the, to the farm system and to developing players, and we've seen a lot of that in the division. The Dodgers, people think, just go out and spend money. They really they do, but they, they don't. If you look at their roster, it's a, a healthy balance of individuals that they develop from within that are part of their farm system. And, and they also go out and take – I think they take flyers on guys that that maybe are flying below the radar that end up becoming big-time stars. So if you have the right scouts out there, you believe in your your instincts and and what you're seeing and and hearing about certain players, you take chances on them and bring them in. And the Giants did the same thing. They put together an unbelievable roster of, you know, some journeymen and guys that were maybe, uh, again, names that were under the radar that have have contributed and been consistent all year. We've all had our injuries, uh, but nonetheless – They've been consistent. They've had a lot of confidence in themselves. The other thing they've been able to do is really plug and play. You know, they've, they've had guys at positions all year. Dodgers have done a nice job of juggling guys with versatility. But for us, it's just been, you know, a revolving door, right, at every position. You want to have some foundational uh, level of, of consistency each and every day with guys knowing where they're going to be in the lineup and in the field. Derek Hall, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. I've I got to ask this. I've been meaning to ask this for a while. I'm a uniform guy. Uh, Bick's not a uniform guy. He's rolling his eyes as I ask this question. But I'm asking this because of, of two things, Derek. You guys celebrated the 20-year anniversary of the World Series title. You went back to the, the purple and turquoise uniforms. It gets a reaction from the fans. The Arizona Coyotes right here in town went back to their original uniform design, and the fans are you know over the moon in excitement. And I'm sure you've heard all the suggestions of fans over the years that want to go back to the original look. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much of that noise have you heard? How is that something that is in consideration, or is it even discussed organizationally? Yeah, Vince, you know, it's a really good question because we do talk about it all the time, and you know we love the the O one um, uniform that we wear with the the vests and the purple and teal, and our players like it too. And we've come so far. You know, I think if you asked them fifteen years ago, do you like that color? Do you like that uniform? They'd probably tell you, nah, not not so much. It's come back full circle. They love it, and they get to wear shoes that match and change their, you know, their shoes. We're trying to find a way to, to, to throw back and, and wear that uniform as much as possible. We like the purple and teal a lot. Um, we also, a couple years ago, went way too far, right? We had way too many options, way too many uniforms, tried to do too much to appeal to, to the youth. That didn't work, right? So you got to pivot real quick. Mm-hmm. I think there's a balance somewhere there. I think we, we have nice uniforms now with the, with the, you know, with the Sedona red and, and, and Sonoran sand, but I think we also need to hold on to that purple and teal as well. And, and the Serpientes, by the way, have probably had the most favorable reaction when it comes to City Connect yeah. Nike than I any agree. of the other uniforms that they created. I dig those. So, those I mean, are really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's been awesome, right? 
Yeah, because can we talk about the Dodger City uh, Connect uniforms for a second? <laughs> or maybe not. Yes. You guys can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Derek, thanks for the uh, time. As always, we appreciate it. We'll talk soon.